Now we get to hear the story of how Jesus entered into the home of Simon Peter and love lifted Simon Peter's mother-in-law. A reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the 29th verse. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after the sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But He would not let the demons speak because they knew who He was. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So you have a picture on the wall behind me, and I'm going to zoom in on that for the folks who are watching via Facebook. This is a drawing titled, Christ Heals Peter's Mother-in-Law by Rembrandt. You might remember um, this time, well I guess sometime after March last year, you got a bunch of devotionals from me that had a lot of G Rembrandt's Christ art and this drawing, I think, captures something that is important about this text in my hearing. Do you see how Jesus took her by the hand in this drawing? Do you see the grabbing of both hands? Do you see the intimacy there? Do you see the hope that's expressed as she looks at him? Do you see the angles of the faces and, the, and how the two are drawn and, and locked and looking at each other? There's a recognition of each other. There's something happening other than someone walking by and just pulling someone off of a bed or a mat in their bedroom. There's an establishment of relationship and a lifting her out of a bondage because fever for us doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Well, at least it didn't until like March 15th of 2020, right? If you had a little fever, it'll be okay. Take some Tylenol, you can go to work or go to school tomorrow as long as you don't have anything over 99.9, right? Now fever has become a little more urgent for us. We're shooting everybody in the forehead with a temperature checker, thermometer thing, verifying temperatures, verifying that you don't have a fever before you came in here. We're all highly alert about fevers because fevers tell us something about a condition, about the condition of the body. Fever tells us that the body is sick. Fever in Jesus' day was more dangerous than it is for us because they didn't, couldn't go down to the local doctor and get a vial of penicillin shot in their rump, you know? It wasn't going to happen. They couldn't be prescribed an antibiotic. There was nothing like that. They had herbal medicines and things like that, but not, not the kind of advances that we enjoy that cause fever not necessarily to be something that can haunt us for the rest of our lives. But that's relatively new for us. My mother developed a certain kind of fever from a strep throat that she had when she was a kid that ended up leaving a hole in her heart that complicated her adult life. 
Fever is still dangerous. And fever is often a signal of an underlying problem. Very often, it is a sign. But that's what all of the things that Jesus did were. They were signs. They were meant to authenticate both who He was and what He was saying to these people. But I need to back up for a moment. Because what I want you to see is that this drawing, this story, gives us a very short version of the gospel that we can hang on to. This hymn, Love Lifted Me, does the same for us. And sometimes we need the short version, you know? When things are stressful, when our lives are complicated by fevers of various kinds, we need the short version of something to really be able to hold on to it and to be able to express it in a way that makes sense not just to us, but maybe makes sense to somebody who's watching us go through that fever or that time of distress, whether it's in our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit, wherever we're being affected by whatever comes against us. In those moments, we need something that we can cling to. And more specifically, someone. And the short version of the story is maybe more important than the long version. If someone ever asks you, why do you have faith in Jesus? That's not the time to flip to Genesis and start there. You know what I mean? Don't read them the whole Bible. If you were in my generation, when you were in high school, you may have gone to the bookstore and bought a Cliff Notes version of a book. Anybody remember those? You could read the Cliff Notes and, you know, act like you had read the book and take the test and pass it. And so in my day, kids would go to the store and buy Cliff Notes versions of Macbeth so that they didn't actually have to read it. The short version can be important. I'll give you an example. Short jokes are easier to remember than long jokes. Am I right? Have you ever noticed if you need to tell this long rambling joke, it's very hard to get it to land, but a short joke like this one Have you heard that there's a new restaurant in town called Karma? They don't have a menu. You get what you deserve. You will be able to remember that because it's short and it fits within a breath. Here in front of us is the gospel in short form. Peter's mother-in-law doesn't just represent some domesticated housewife-servant person like a lot of people criticize Mark for portraying her as. She represents all of us. All of us who have been called and created to serve God in everything that we do. In our vocations at home, in our vocations in our workplaces, whatever our calling is, we have been called to serve God in the midst of it. Created for that purpose, to love and joy and to know God and to serve God. And that is what she was being prevented from doing by her fever. And we, like Peter's mother-in-law, are prevented from serving God by the sickness of sin and death. And the fevers that are very very often visible in us are lying and jealousy and envy, idolatry, sexual immorality. All of those things that Paul lists for us in the book of Galatians. 
things that haunt us and demonstrate to the world that we are not right with God, that we are not serving God, that we are not living out our true purpose. Those things are the fever that demonstrate where our heart truly is. You might remember Jesus saying one day that we don't judge someone by... Uh, that, no, he said the fruit will be known, the tree will be known by its fruit. Remember that? And he said, likewise, you're known by the things you say. Because out of your heart, he said, out of your heart come the words of your mouth. And the words of your mouth demonstrate who you are. A fever of sorts. Sometimes when I'm doing something frustrating and I hear myself saying my mother's favorite word that started with an S. Y'all know that word? Ends with a T. Has high in the middle. I hear that and I'll think about Jesus saying to be cautious about words that flow from our mouths because they show what's inside of us. And I remember that there's still, there's still weakness. There's still healing that needs to be done. There's no reason for me to be angry at that bolt. It's just doing what a bolt does. I hit my hand with the hammer, right? Not the hammer. I did that. But we react not only to things that way, but sometimes to people. And those are signs for us that there's still work being done in us. But what I want you to remember is this picture. When those moments of fever show up in your life, don't give up hope. Christ is still at work lifting you up. No matter what comes against you, no matter what you may find in yourself, don't say to yourself, it's all untrue, it's all fake. This Jesus hasn't really been working in me. I should be perfect by now. Don't take your sin and put it on a pedestal and make an idol out of it. Because Jesus is always coming along and taking you by the hand to lift you up. To pull you up out of the muck of your sin and death. To free you from the mire of fever. To serve Him. Because it's in serving Him that you will find happiness and joy. Because in serving Him, you are living out your true purpose. In loving God and loving others... You are being exactly who God created you to be. Peter's mother-in-law was prevented from doing that by the sickness that held her on a mat in the floor. But Jesus extended His hand to her and lifted her. And what does Mark say? The fever left her and she began to wait on them. To serve them. Is that being exactly who God had called her to be in that moment? The short version of the gospel. This is what Christ is doing for me. This is what Christ is doing for you. For all of us. And as I thought about this text this week, I was reminded of one of my favorite chapters from the Bible in the book of Ephesians. Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. I'm going to read to you a selection from chapter 2, and I hope you'll bear with it, and please listen to these words. 
There, Paul essentially explaining to us what this story of Jesus healing the mother-in-law and casting out demons means for us. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In keeping with our theme, I would say you had a fever. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. God would have been just to leave us on the mat. He's saying to us. That the sin and death that is represented in Peter's mother-in-law being unable to serve is exactly what we all deserve. And then there's this tremendous word. The word but. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Meaning, He lifted you up. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Do you see the kindness in the image before you? Kindness. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When Jesus walked into that house and raised that mother-in-law, when He healed the people who were gathered outside the door of that house, when He cast the demons out of the people who were being affected by the spirits that Paul calls the powers of the air, He was demonstrating that the kingdom of God has come to lift us out of that mire and muck and release us from our fever and to restore us to life so that we can immediately get about doing the work that God has given us to serve the world and to serve God, to love God and love others. Peter's mother-in-law didn't need time to get perfect before she could start serving. She was raised ready to do the work that gave her honor and dignity. Likewise, church, Paul says that we are God's handiwork, being raised for the purpose of doing good for others, of loving God and loving our neighbor. I hope that you will hold on to this image. Remember it. Let it burn into the retina of your soul. This is who Christ is for you. This is the gospel, the good news 
that He has come to lift us up. And today He invites you to carry this Word out and lift others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.